Morning, church. Um, I, I've just had an overwhelming sense all week, um, ever since last Sunday, of just how blessed we are, how blessed I am um, to get to journey with a church and a family and do life and just the excitement that's brewing and to be a part of something where um, no one walks out going, God's not doing anything. You know what I mean? I, everybody's walking out going, God's up to something. He's on the move. We're on the, like, like I personally just all week have had this overwhelming sense of, man, I just love being a part of family. Um, along with that, uh, I, I realized this week that, that family sometimes miscommunicates. Um, I don't know if that happens in your world, but that happens in mine. Like, um, I, and sometimes it's just a man woman thing. uh, And sometimes it's the whole group. Um, but you say something and it's interpreted completely different. And and in our context of family, when I say something, um, it kind of has ripples a long way. And, uh, last week I might've mentioned something about Sam's club and, and here was the interpretation that we heard back. We are selling campus and going to Sam's Club? Okay. <laughs> okay. We are keeping the campus. Um, unless God says clearly, sell it. Like, we are, we are planning on keeping the campus. Um, we are not selling the campus and moving to Sam's. But what we are doing is saying that we are believing God for a second campus um, in Prescott Valley. And, and we don't have details on that. We don't know. Um, what that's like. Um, we'll keep talking that through as we go, but, but we are just so we're clear, we, we are keeping the campus. Um, and we are also going outward cause God's calling us outward into, into community. So, um, that one's clarified just so, just so we're, just so we get it clarified. Um, so if you've been here, we're in this series, So Will I, and So Will I is intentional. If you, if you haven't been here, we're going to give you a quick catch up because it's so intentional in the life of our family, okay, in the life of our church family, in the life of, of, of Heights and, and this collective of believers. So Will I is a series that recognizes that God is on the move, that, that we are going to change. By going outward, there will be change. That, that's just naturally going to happen. Um, and so we need to prepare our souls for, for a couple of reasons. One is that change is coming. And also, how, God, how do you want to use me? And so the idea is that within, the, within this collective of believers, there's also the individual. And, and each individual has their own so will I, but then collective we have a so will I. And so the first week we started out and it was just a recognition of, of we're here to praise, we're here to worship. That, that if the stars were made to worship, then, then so will I. Like, like my life is about something bigger. It's about, it's, it's a signpost to God, if you like. And, and so along with that, then week two, Pastor Mike picked up and he, he talked about Isaiah and Isaiah has this throne room moment and, and he sees God in his throne room. And, and, and the outcome of that is he says, here am I, send me. So, so his, so will I is God, whatever you're doing, I'm in. And, and so if it was good enough for Isaiah, then Pastor Mike was like, it's good enough for us, right? And, and so just again, stirring our heart and getting us ready um, for faith moments to come, we leaned into last week and last week was all on faith. The idea of, of stepping into the unseen simply because God is in the unseen, simply because God is on the move. We don't know what it looks like, but, but faith is I, I have the trust in God that I'll take that step. And so we talked about faith last week. 
Because no matter what we do as a church, as an individual with my life, it requires faith. It requires, especially if it's a step that's going to please God. Um, Hebrews is very clear that, that it requires that we step out in faith. And so um, this week we're, we're going to explain why we put a campfire on a t-shirt, right? Because there's some question of why a fire? And, and so we'll get into that. But we have signals in our life. You ever, you ever notice this? Like we have signals to find stuff. Um, a recent one in my world is my wife got an Apple watch and on the Apple watch, <clears throat> excuse me, it might've been a little bit intentional that on the Apple watch, there is an icon. And when you push that icon, your phone, wherever it is, will start pinging, right? And it's essentially a phone saying, I'm over here. I'm over here. It's like an idiot light in a car. Um, if you're here last week, people who ignore their oil lights, not smart. People not smart. <laughs> Pay attention to your oil light. Um, but, but so for my wife, it's, it's like it's designed to find your phone when it's lost. However, my wife uses it like, okay, my phone's over here. Like, like it's not even like the phone was lost. You know what I'm saying? It's like, she just, she just doesn't want to look. And so she's like, where is it? And normally it's sitting like on the table or on the side of a, the, a chair or like, it's very visible. And half the time the, the kids all respond with like, it's right over there, mom. Um, well, yesterday we happened to go to Phoenix and I mean, it's got to this point, right? This is my world. Welcome to it. Um, we get in the car, we're going down to Phoenix and, and she gets in the car and the first thing she does is and she's like, oh, good, it's in my bag. <laughs> what do you mean it's in your bag? Yeah, I was just making sure I had it with me. She's like, my bag's got so much stuff in it. Just... Okay, so, so we get back in the car to come up the hill. Same thing. Like, pings it again, and I'm like, okay, okay. Like, this, this is getting old, babe. Like, and, and so she goes into it. We, we stopped on the way. She got out, came back in um, halfway up, and, and she gets back in the car, and she pings it again. <laughs> I'm like, okay, like, like what is going on? She's like, I don't know where it is. I'm like, you said it was in your bag. Like, and, and so she's now searching her bag. Her phone's not in the bag. And so now I'm having fun, right? Because now I start to press mine and make my phone ding. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just, just to push her buttons a little bit. And she's like, that's not funny. I'm like, kind of, just a little bit. Um, but... But she does it like four times and it's, it's pinging. And I'm like, well, babe, it's obviously in the car. Like, we'll just find it. So she's gone through bags and she keeps hitting it and she can hear it. She was sitting on it. <laughs> That's amazing. That is a brilliant moment of life. But we have, we have ways of signaling to find stuff. We have ways of signaling to find stuff. You ever see somebody in a parking lot? who doesn't know where their car is. And, and, and the last resort is the alarm button on your car. You ever notice that? Like, like, like at first it's like, okay, let's just make the lights blink. And you're just looking, you're just looking. You ever, you ever catch somebody that they don't know where their car is, but they don't want you to know where their car is. So they get on the phone, hey, and they're just, they're just wandering. But really what they're doing is looking for their phone. There's no one, or looking for their car. Um, and the last resort is once everybody's out, Oh, there it is. It's over there. But we have ways of signaling to find stuff. Um, the idea behind one of the lines in the song that just captured us as a creative team when we began to go, man, I think we could build, build this idea around this song and use that as a creative element. One of the lines that captured our souls 
was that every star, um, every burning star is a signal fire of grace. And the idea of a signal fire, that, that God put the stars in the sky to remind us of grace. That, that when we would see them, they would be reminders. They would be a signal fire. They would be pointers. They, they would lead us back to grace. And, and so this idea of signal fire, and I was like, man, what is it? You might not know this, but I'm not much of an outdoorsy person, um, as if you can't tell, right? So, so I'm like, what is a signal fire? When would you use it? How would you use it? What's the best way to build one? So I start to research this, just going, what, what is one? And, and obviously, we all have the picture of, uh, of someone on the beach. They're on a, the, you know, the boat sinks, and they end up on an island, and they're stuck, and it's deserted, and they build a fire on the beach, and it's a signal for help. And, and that's, that's the traditional signal fire. And what I started to realize in, in looking at this is, is there's a point when, the, the, when you build it that the best place to put a signal fire is in a prominent place. On a hill, on a mountain, somewhere high. Why? So that everybody around can see it. And instantly I went, we have to go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. We're going to bounce around a little bit today. But in Matthew chapter 5, the context is it it begins out with Jesus. uh, It's his first recorded message. And so Jesus is giving his message. and, And as he's giving his message, he begins to talk about, he begins it out with, um, hey, blessed are you, and then gives a list of who's blessed. But really another way to look at that is God is on the side of these people. God is on the side of the poor. God is on the side, especially the poor in spirit. God is on the side of the meek. God is on the side um, of those who are persecuted, right? And, and, and then it breaks into this language about salt, that you are the salt um, of the earth. And then it goes into this in verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And I started to go, okay, you are. That's like strong language. That's like declaration. You are the light of the world. And I started to think about this town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Uh, Not be hidden is it can't be made invisible. And and, and maybe just a good way to grasp some context is, is this is the town. This is the city on the hill. When we gather in here and we're all together and you take all the lights and you put them in one space, that becomes the beacon, the city on a hill that cannot be made invisible. That's us when we're all together. There, there, there's a giant light. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but if you're driving somewhere and there's, there's a, a city that's up on a hill, it is so easy to see from so far away. It cannot be hidden because of the lights. And the same idea is carried forward with us as a church and as a group of people that have said yes to Jesus. This group of people here, we are a group of people, a community of people that are built on a hill. And that hill is Calvary. That hill is Calvary. We stand, we stand on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That is the, that's the start point of this. 
That is when we all get in a room, it's bright. It should be when you walk in here. I, I don't know if you've experienced it. We, we experience it quite a bit when somebody comes and visits for the first time and they go, what you have here is amazing. We can feel God, God rushing through. You know why we can feel God rushing through? Because there is so much light coming from the people of God that are gathered together in one space. And so this idea of you are the light of the world, you are the lights, and that word world, by the way, is, is people, people of the world. It's not the physical world. It's the people of the world. So you are the light of the people of the world. You are the light. So I need you to look at your neighbor, and you're going to tell your neighbor, this is the two, so not the number two, but T-O, part of the message. You ready to look at your neighbor? This is the two part of the message. Now look to your other neighbor that you ignored and say, this is the two part of the message. And the idea is this, that that you have, it has been given to you. It has been given to you. When he says you are the light of the world, um, here's what I mean. If we jump to John chapter eight, Jesus is speaking and he's speaking in the temple and he's basically essentially saying, I'm better I'm better. I'm a better light than what you had in the desert. I'm better than that. And and so what he says is Jesus spoke again and said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But then who does it get transferred to? Us. there's There's a point here where it is going to it is going to us. And we need to slow down because in understanding this and understanding what's taking place, it is we have to understand that we were once, as Peter talks about, we were once the children of darkness. And we, we were once over here in darkness. By the way, we need to be real clear today. Sin doesn't make you bad. Sin doesn't make you make bad choices. Sin, sin isn't just this thing that's like, oh, sin made me do it, right? Sin makes you dead. We're talking, like, like when you get into the concept of sin and talking about what sin is and what it, what it does, sin makes humanity dead. And according to the Bible, when you were born because your parents... Because your parents, going back to Adam, sin entered through them, and it's passed on all the way through so that when you're born, you're born dead, separated from God. God steps in in the form of Jesus, and God goes, okay, the wages of sin are death. God steps in, and the person of Jesus stretches out his arms, and he goes, hey, the wages that they are supposed to pay, which is death, I'll take them. The punishment for that sin, I'll take it. And it's known as the great exchange, which you find in, in, in 1 Corinthians, where, where now Jesus takes my death and my sin, and what I get from him is life. And what is transferred to me is, is now life and, and living and holiness and righteousness. And, and so there's this moment that what is happening is what's being, what's being taken from me goes on Jesus, and what I get from Jesus is given to me. But here's, here's the key component. By grace. It's by grace. And and there's a challenge on us because because so often we want to skip over the gospel. Too often it's it's the tension of, I've heard this, I get this part. 
the problem is, the problem is we don't often live like we get this part. Sometimes we move, we move forward too quickly, and sometimes just a good reminder of this, this is what's been given to you. Because sometimes, sometimes when life starts to get better, you know what I mean? Like, like I love better, or I have more hope in my life, or, or things are just better, or I've been reading my Bible a whole lot lately, or I've been praying more. Oh man, I've been speaking life into so many people. Like all of a sudden we can begin to feel like I'm doing okay. But you see what we we begin to miss in that concept is everything that comes out of you comes out of you by grace. That everything that comes out of you was given to you by Jesus on the cross. That anything good that ever flows out of us has to first come from the fact that he gave it to us. And here's the kicker. You didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. We don't deserve it. It is a gift of grace. Grace means that it's just this thing that you can't earn. It's undeserved. And it's given to you. You are. You are the recipient of grace. You are the recipient of grace. Romans captures it this way. Therefore, since we have been justified, since we have been made right. So when we were born, we were born alienated, separated. There there was division. It was broken with God. It says, therefore, since we have been justified, made right, made whole through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So this peace comes, this rightness comes through Jesus through whom we have gained access by faith. We talked about this last week, the faith component of this, that is stepping into the, the unseen that we take by faith. I don't think any of us were there when Jesus was crucified. If you were, I want to talk to you. Um, I want to see, see your Instagram, okay? Um, but the idea is that by faith, by faith, you heard about what Jesus did, and by faith, you stepped into it. And when you stepped into it, you gained access into this by grace. So, so I couldn't earn it. It was given to me. I stepped into it by faith. So I stand now, which he says here, into this grace in which we now stand. So when I stand here today, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So I stand here today and I boast in the hope of the glory of God by grace. I don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. Our community is blessed because of grace, because of the goodness of God. And so then when we start to talk about now, when we start to talk about this idea of being the light of the world, that's the two part of this message. That what has been given to you is grace. And so now what happens is whatever is given to you must go through you. So whatever has been given to you was always meant with the intent that it would pass through you. So for example, if I've been given grace, guess what I should be? Gracious. Grace should be the mark of my life, which in the concept we're talking about, what I'm actually doing is I become, my life becomes as the light of the world, as the light of people, my life becomes a signal fire of grace. Becomes a signal. By the way, this is the mature John, just so you know. You know how this is the mature John? I literally was thinking about building a signal fire on the stage. And I was like, for our community, that's not a good choice. Right? Plus, security would have shot me. Um, 
And, and then the other idea was we're going to turn out all the lights and I'm just, going to, I'm just going to get a lighter and pop it on and then we'll get another one and pop it on and all of a sudden the light will dispel. And then I went, oh, that's not loving our friends that have served the country so well and given so much and have come and, and, and struggled with PTSD. Um, that, would, that would not be good for them. So Mature John went, we're not going to do that. Okay, now you're going, what are we going to do? <laughs> Nothing. Um, but the idea is this. If we go back to Matthew, you are the light of the world. You, you are. You are. That's not, that's not in question. Okay, if you've met Jesus, there's a transfer that's happened. You are the light of the world. You're the hope, church. We're the hope of the world. Jesus, God left us. With the power of his Holy Spirit, he left us to be the light to the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Look at your neighbor and go, the two portion is done. This is the through part of the message. You can just say, this is the through part of the message. And you look at your other neighbor and go, the two part was so last five minutes ago. Um, but this idea then that, that you put it on a stand. Okay, when you have a signal fire and you light a signal fire, you put it where? In the most prominent spot so that the most people can see it. That's exactly what this is talking about right here. Put it on its stand. Why? Because it'll give light to everyone. Do you know that your life, your life, Right? When we're here, when we're here, this is not the prominent place. When we're gathered together and it's family and it's, yes, we're, we're the city on the hill. We're bright and we're, we should be. But your life was designed to be a signal fire of grace. But you have to do, you have to light that fire, so to speak. You have to take it to the prominent spaces that God has put you. Why? So that everyone there can see it. When you light a fire, a fire is designed to attract and reveal. When you light a fire in a prominent place, when you light your signal fire, the goal is that people would see you and be attracted to it. And when they are attracted to it, you reveal to them. So for example, our world right now does not have a lot of joy, does not have a lot of peace. There's a lot of upheaval. There's a lot of divide that's, that's, that's worse than probably it's been in a long time, right? And it can become really easy to get caught up in that. But here's the thing. You are the light of the world. Where you are found, you are a signal fire of grace and grace speaks hope, joy, peace, like you are supposed to be the opposite of what you find around. Why? So that people see you, they're attracted, and you reveal them when they go, how come you're not worried about this? Let me tell you about a cross where I was given grace. Let me tell you about a foundation I was given at the cross. Let me tell you about why I'm not worried about that or how that turns out. Let me tell you about this foundation and his name is Jesus that I stand on and what was given to me was grace and what I'm passing on through me is grace to you. You ever meet believers, by the way? And they are the most ungracious people. Somewhere along the way, they were given good news that wasn't good news. Because the good news says it is by grace that you have been saved. And the mark of my life going out should be that where I am found, what has been given to me is going through me. And this is true of everything, by the way. 
you're not blessed so that you can be blessed and, and hold it. Every single blessing you have been given, every single blessing I have been given is designed that I would be a conduit that passes it on to others. Every blessing. Every blessing is designed that, that, that you, God has given it to me so that it can go through me. He's entrusting it to go through me to others. So, so the gifts that you've been given by God, they were given to you. Why? So that those gifts would go through you to others. The mission has always been people. You are the light of the people of the world. The mission has always been people. God hasn't changed. It hasn't moved. It hasn't shifted. So for you, wherever you're found, your prominent place, be that at work, be that at home, be that at school, be that in whatever club you're a part of, be that in whatever Bible, wherever you are found, your role is to be the light of the world. You are a signal fire of what you have received. In this case of a conversation today, you are a signal fire of grace. Just like you walk out and you see a burning star and you go, man, that's a signal fire of grace that God is still for me. He still loves me and he's still got it all under control. The same applies to you that when you step into somewhere, you step into your prominent places. That God, that, that people see you and what they see is there is a God of grace who loves me. There is a God, there is a God of hope. There is a God of joy and there is a God of peace. And there is a God who can give me a foundation because everything's shaking right now. They are supposed to be attracted and you are supposed to reveal Jesus. Because you are the light of the world. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Notice that it's light to everyone and then it's before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven, that they may see you and see him. Paul picks up on this. Paul, if you haven't been around church uh, much, quick catch up. Paul wrote a lot of the back end of the Bible. So, so the last third, so to speak. Um, and, and Paul was somebody who, who came to faith and, and his journey in Acts is recorded by Luke. And, and so what we capture in Acts is, is Paul's journey of faith. So, so there's letters he wrote directly to churches, but this one is about his life. And, and so we, we're going to pick up in, in, in a context where Paul is, he knows he's got to go to Jerusalem, but in going to Jerusalem, he's going to end up in Rome in a prison. Okay, so, so he knows he's got to go here, but to get there, he knows there's going to be hardship. He knows there's going to be pain and suffering. And so it picks up this way. I know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. I know that in every city, I, I think maybe just for us, just, just kind of rallying around this conversation of growth and outward and, and pursuing other things, um, let's, let's be really clear. There's going to be moments of pain. Some of you have experienced those. Some of you were, um, you know, the early people, the people who go to those other services. Some of you were them. And you said, you know what? I can give up my seat. You made yourself uncomfortable. You made yourself go through a, a different schedule so that you could provide a seat for somebody else. By the way, our 1030 today, I don't know what your parking was like, but 1030 was full, full. And, and here's the thing. There's going to be more pain because if we really talk about a campus in Prescott Valley, then, then we have to take everything we do here and do it there. You know how many people that takes? You know how many of you that your Sundays just got real messed up if you become a part of that? 
You know how much, you know how much it takes just, just in the, the building phase that some of you might be a part of? You know, I mean, there, the list goes on and on of what that would look like. And there's going to be these moments of uncomfortable. There's going to be these moments of, of oh man, I, I've never done that, but I'm, I'm willing to step in. If God's going there, I'm willing to step in. We talk about Flagstaff, right? We talk about going to Flag. There's going to be, there's going to be sacrifice. Sacrifice is never, I mean, it's not a good word, right? Nobody wakes up and goes, oh man, I want to sacrifice, right? Because <laughs> there's, there's giving away involved. There's pain involved. There's, there's and, and yet, and yet, if we're truly going to be signal fires of grace, there's going to be moments where God calls you. And he calls you out of the comfortable. And he calls you out of your, your rhythms. And he calls you, and, and it's painful. But catch what Paul says about hardships. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Wow. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying, maybe, maybe signal fire of grace in there, maybe light on a hill in there. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. He goes, he goes man, my, my life's not worth anything. The, the, the goal of this is that that story, that foundation I stand on, that, that, that Jesus, the grace that was extended to me, the fact that I was dead and now I've gone to life, my life needs to be about just testifying that outward. That sounds an awful lot like lighting a signal fire in a prominent place. This would take him to Rome, to the empire, where he would stand and he would testify to grace. In 1844, um, there's a story about a place called Miller's Grove and, and they're, they're excavating and learning more and, and, but Miller's Grove was established by, um, Harrison Miller, Lucinda, his wife and their three kids. And, And they were freed slaves that had come from Tennessee and they were, they were looking for a place to plant their feet. And they got, they got up to, to what would become Miller's Grove in Illinois and when they got there, they, they took what they had, what they'd been given. And, and to even just begin this journey, they had to prove that they were free. They had to have paperwork. And then on top of that, they had to pay um, $1,000 to even get this plot of land. But they'd been given freedom. And, and what they chose to do is what had been given to them, they were going to let go through them and provide freedom for others. And so Miller's Grove began with them just creating a homestead. And, and they began to build a farm around it. And then they began to pursue others who had been freed, going, going, there is a space for you. There is freedom and safety here. Now, one of the interesting things about Miller's Grove is, is there's three streams around it. So three sides are surrounded by water and the middle is the only way in and out. So it created an easy way to protect to, to provide protection for, um, at that time, there were people that were looking, and, and it didn't matter if you were a freed slave, if you were running away, it didn't matter. They were just going to take you and enslave you again. And so this one entrance became a protection point that, that the people that were doing that could not get into them. And, and so they, this, this community began to grow. They, they, they had multiple homes and um, a school established. And, and one of the stories that came out of it absolutely captured my imagination because they said what would happen is that they would go out to a place called Crow's Knob 
And it was sandstone bluffs, and they would light signal fires so that those seeking freedom would find them and have a safe place to enjoy their freedom. And I like like lights just exploded going, that is the church. That is what we are called to. That our lives would be signal fires that attract people. And when they get close enough, we reveal Jesus as the safe haven. And people go from death to life all because you chose to stand and you chose to go, I will be a signal fire of grace. Church, may your Monday, may your Monday, which is the day we all wake up and go, well, I wake up and go, what did I say? That's normally what I do. Um, welcome to being a preacher. But, but we all wake up on Monday and just go, it's Monday. May your Monday be inspired that where God has planted your feet, set ablaze the signal fire of grace. Because you don't know who needs, you don't know who is seeking freedom and needs to find your refuge point. But that is what we're called to as a church. You are the light of the people of the world. And so we are designed to go from the city on the hill to putting it on lampstands. Prominent places in your world. May you, may you burn bright as a signal fire of grace. So God, we come before you. Thank you, God, for rescuing us. Thank you, God, for being the God who has pursued us. Thank you for being the God that through grace you have lavished on us gifts. You have lavished on us peace and joy and hope. God, that you have granted us life today. God, would you help us? Would you give us courage? Would you allow us to be known as a people? Your people. Who take everything that has been given to us. And God, we push it through to others. May we be faithful conduits of your grace, God. Would you lead us into prominent places. Wherever we would be found. God, would you guide our steps? Would you give us courage to follow you? God, would you allow us to build our life on you? As we stand and we sing, God, would you be lifted high, we pray. And everybody said...